0: Welcome to The Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, The Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman.
1: Welcome to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Kim Snyder. She is an investment expert, and uh, she has a newsletter and podcast and blog about the whole world of cryptocurrencies called sanecrypto.com. Welcome to The Money Answer Show, Kim.
2: Thanks for having me, Jordan. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today.
1: So just for people who are not familiar with, we'll just give a brief history of uh, your wor- uh, experience in the investment world and kind of how you came to wanting to concentrate on cryptocurrencies.
2: <laughs> it's a little bit of a windy path, to be honest, but uh, my my background is that I got started in investing back, way back at well, in the mid-90s after... Making a windfall on an IPO before the age of thirty and entrusting that to a Wall Street brokerage firm, which, unless you've lived your whole life under a rock, you know the name of the firm and who proceeded to lose everything that I hadn't managed to spend. So that's how i how I initially uh, got into the world of investing, I was determined that I would never, ever, ever find myself in that situation again. And so, I started learning about investing in personal finance just out of self-defense, because one of the travesties, one of the things I think you and I have in common is this idea that you know that we teach all sorts of things, but we don't teach people how to manage their their money, right? right. So um, and out of that came a way of investing that was focused on producing consistent cash flow. From paper assets at a significantly higher rate than um, traditional non-engineered investments, which was kind of funny for a thirty-something-year-old because most people, most thirty-year-olds, weren't thinking about cash flow, especially you know in a in a raging bull market. Generally, people are you know are re- retirees who are thinking about that. But if you consider that in order to be financially free, whether that is at retirement age or any age, you have to be able to live off of your portfolio to be able to do what you want when you want without worrying how you're going to pay for it, then cash flow is essential. And so that was my my focus. And um, that turned into a, a investment firm where I... Uh, both managed assets and taught people my investment method. And over the years, we taught thousands of people how to do that. We had about half a billion under management and consulting. Um, and you know we're two years on the ink list during the during the Go-Go years. So I um, sold well, I retired. You called,
1: you called it the Snyder investment method, right?
2: That's right, Schneider's investment
1: method. Before we get to crypto, just briefly tell people how do you do that? How do you create consistent cash flow from paper assets? Sure. Well,
2: you know, there's some parallels to what we're going to talk about today, actually, because the way that I did that was a fairly unique, or they still do, I sold the firm, but they're, they're, they they're still do it, um, was a a, very, a unique combination of... Um, a way of combining stock and options together in order to create cash flow using the options. And um, what's where I think the parallel comes from is the fact that when I was first talking about and teaching people to use options in a retirement account in 2000 and 2001, that was heresy, right? You there, there weren't even brokerage firms where you could. <laughs> put an option in a retirement account at that time. It wasn't until Options Express came along uh, that we were even able to do that. And, you know, everyone was convinced that options were risky and you were going to lose all your money. And, of course, now options are you know, no big deal. But at the time, it was a very big deal. So I think, you know, I, I think we're in a somewhat similar situation with crypto assets and people being fearful of what they don't know.
1: Okay, so then you sold your firm, and then what happened at that point?
2: Yeah, I retired um, in, I really, I I pulled back from day-to-day of the firm in 2009, I retired in 2011, sold the firm recently, Um, it was being managed, and uh, you know, I thought I was just going to live happily ever after here in South Carolina and on my farm, and then what happened was, a very good friend of mine suddenly inherited a bunch of cryptocurrency. And I honestly, Jordan, you know, like I was just, I was done. I was tired. I hadn't been really paying attention to investments. And she mentions that she had inherited $300,000 worth of, of Bitcoin. And what, should, what did I think she should do with it? And my first knee-jerk response was, oh my gosh, sell that. I mean, it's a scam, get rid of it, uh, you know, which is funny because I really didn't know anything about it. I hadn't been keeping up. It was just, that's our natural response, isn't it? And um, she, some time passed and I kind of forgot about it and then she mentioned it again and now it's worth $600,000, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. and then next time she, I talked to her, it's worth a million too, but you know, and, and so it was really her um, situation that got me even thinking about it. And I, then I started to, to research it and say, well, you know, is it real? Is it a scam? Does it have a place in my portfolio, and my husband's portfolio? And, um, grad, and it does. And, you know, and then at one point she says to me, you know what? I don't understand because this is what you love to do. Why aren't you helping people with this? And I thought, well... You know what? That's a very good question. And that's how same crypto was born.
1: So how does same crypto different from regular crypto? I mean, there's a lot of people out there promoting cryptocurrencies both legitimately and illegitimately. What makes same crypto same? <laughs> uh,
2: I, I think it's a couple things. Uh, one is, um one of the things I like to say is, you know i'm not a crypto kitty <laughs> meaning i i i didn't uh, suddenly become an overnight genius because i doubled my little sister's lunch money in a raging bull market right i you know i've been around the block i'm a professional investment advisor who applies the same rules of investing to crypto assets as we do to all other assets just Yes, this is a new and exciting asset class, but it is just that. It is an asset class, like all others, and all of the same rules of investing have to apply. So that's one thing. I am thinking and talking about cryptocurrency to people in terms of where it fits in an overall diversified portfolio. Number two is that... um. I am very focused on positioning investors so that they can I think this is potentially a once in a lifetime opportunity and we can talk more about you know why I think that uh, as yeah. we go along but uh, you know I most people are bulls or bears I, I try to be neither I try to be an owl so I want to position us so that if the cheerleaders are right, and this really does turn out to be huge, that we are able to profit from that in a major way. But that if on the other hand, the bears are right, the the naysayers are right, and this thing, you know, implodes, that we don't wipe out our entire nest egg, because what I am really focused on is what I've always been focused on, and that is the potential of cryptocurrency to close the gap in retirement savings for baby boomers who, uh, you know, have to fund potentially 40, 50 years in, in, of joint retirement.
1: So just roughly, different portfolios would be different. Um, How much of somebody's portfolio would you recommend, once they understand it, should be put into cryptos and Bitcoin particularly? Mm
2: -hmm. For me, it's 2% or less. Wow. And that is significantly less, I think, than what most people who believe in cryptocurrency would tell you. Uh, But the reasoning there is that if, you know, we're not making the small play. I didn't come out of retirement for an eight or 10 or even 20% return. The idea of um, cryptocurrency is that it's asymmetric. It, this, it has this asymm- this huge up- potential upside. And if we get that, 2% is going to make you a lot of money. Uh, but if we don't, it's not going to wipe you out.
1: Yeah. So what is the basic thesis you have? I mean, again, there are very big bulls on it. There are very big bears on it. What is the basic investment thesis as to why Bitcoin has this huge upside potential from where it is today? It, it soared last December, then for the most part this year, it's been plunging. W- why do you see a lot of upside potential at a time when it's down 70 80% from what it was last year?
2: Sure. Well, to be clear, again, I'm neither predicting that it goes up or down. I believe it could do either, and I'm not smart enough to know which it's going to do but i can make a case as many people do cogently for both sides right and the upside argument to me is this digital gold thesis meaning um that bitcoin specifically is a better gold than gold and so here's what i mean by that the um the argument here is not you know the, when they when they published the bitcoin white paper i think it was very unfortunate that they used the terminology digital cash because what but they didn't know right they didn't know what it was going to become but uh, you know uh, what that's caused is for people to think that the real use case for bitcoin is for us to be able to buy pizza and starbucks and i don't think that's the case i think Other cryptocurrencies may solve that in the future, but those won't be good investments any more than the U.S. dollar is the investment, right? Because those coins that we're using for the payment rails should be stable in value. That's the whole point. Bitcoin is not going to be that, and by design, it can't be that. What its real use case is, is store of value. And the idea being that um, it's a better gold than gold for a number of of reasons. And if you just, you know, you don't even have to, it doesn't even have to be wildly successful. In terms of uh, replacing gold, if you just take, you know, $8 trillion divided by 21 million Bitcoin, which is the most there can ever be, that's a massive number. (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, yeah. uh, that, that's kind of the, the initial thesis.
1: Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman with The Money Answers Show. My guest this hour is Kim Snyder. Uh, she is the uh, founder, creator, and host of Sane Crypto. The website to find out more is sanecrypto.com forward slash money answers. And you can see all kinds of things there at that website. We'll be back after this.
3: we're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
4: We've all been there. Struggling to keep up with credit card payments? Searching for a simpler, safer way out of debt? Well, here it is. Cambridge Credit Counseling is a nonprofit service that has been helping people reduce or eliminate their credit card debt for over 20 years. Most of us have made late payments and even gone over our credit limits. Before we know it, our balances are out of control and we can barely afford to make the minimum payments. If this sounds familiar and you're ready to take control of your debts, call Cambridge right away at 1-800-897-2200 for a debt-free analysis. Cambridge will work with your creditors and may be able to reduce your interest rates and get you out of debt fast. In fact, Cambridge's typical debt management clients save almost $150 every month on their credit card payments. And they're debt-free in just 50 months. So there is a simpler, safer way out of debt. And it all starts with Cambridge Credit Counseling. Call 1-800-897-2200 for your free debt analysis. Cambridge Credit Counseling is a Massachusetts-based nonprofit agency providing services nationwide. For complete licensing information, visit them online at cambridge-credit.org. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners.
5: Has your small business been turned down for a loan by the bank? Is lack of capital hindering your business growth? Small businesses unable to obtain bank financing or tired of merchant cash advances can now get the financing they need. Corporate lending solutions provide short and long-term capital, revolving lines of credit, and unsecured business loans. Does your business need help with payables, supplies, or payroll? Corporate Lending Solutions has powerful programs to help. While getting a small business loan can be a long, daunting process, with Corporate Lending Solutions, it's simple and takes only one to three days. Call 800 261 6478 or visit corporatelendingsolutions.com to learn more. 800 261 6478. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners.
1: Welcome back to the Money Answers show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Kim Snyder. Uh, her firm is called Sane Crypto, and uh, there's a website you can go to, which is sanecrypto.com forward slash Money Answers. Welcome back to the show, Kim. Thanks, Jordan. So just tell people what they can get when they go to Sane Crypto uh, forward slash Money Answers.
2: Mm, thanks for asking that. We've put together a landing page just for your listeners. And uh, there's really three, three main things there for listeners. One is the podcast and the, the Sane Crypto podcast, which I am the host of weekly. And um, two is a free training that I do, which is called how a little, little bit of Bitcoin can make your retirement savings go a lot, lot further. And then there is also some information there about my Sane Crypto Mastermind.
1: And what is involved with your mastermind?
2: I'm sorry. I say that again.
1: What Cut is out. involved with your mastermind?
2: Ah, thank you. Yeah, that's the um, that is my signature program where I teach people how to invest in crypto assets. In you know using this system that I have developed, it's admittedly a a fairly simple system at this point because we don't have a lot of the bells and whistles that we have in the world of of stocks and options and derivatives and things. But it's um, it takes someone through everything from exactly which exchange to use, how to manage all the security, um, answers the five questions, you know, should you invest, what should you invest in, you know, when should you get in, when should you get out, those, those sorts of things. And um, it's an online program primarily with um, access to me as kind of the secondary medium.
1: So let's just talk about that for a little bit. So there are many different ways to invest in uh, cryptos in general and Bitcoin particularly. Uh, there is Coinbase and Gemini. Are there some specific exchanges that you recommend and wallets that you recommend to do to use to do this?
2: There, there are. Um, now the the disclaimer is, as with all things in the world of cryptocurrency, they change all the time you just blink and something is different there's either a new player or someone's changed something Uh, for example I was a big proponent of using Gemini for a long time Um, and then next thing you know I turn around and their fees have been hiked up to one percent so you know uh, uh, less so but um, so to answer your question more specifically I am actually an advocate of not just opening a single exchange account, but in fact, having at least two, or three, which is something that we would never do in the world of stocks. That would be sort of weird to just have a Fidelity account and a Schwab account sitting around just in case. But, um, but it is a best practice in the world of crypto assets. And so depending on your geography, that could be one of four. Those four would be Coinbase Pro, ItBit, Gemini, and Kraken, um and what, and what is the reason say,
1: what is the reason to have several instead of one?
2: Sure. Um, well, the the main reason is that um, the occasionally, the exchanges will shut down your account. Um for example, Gemini out of the blue shut down my account we believe because when i was creating the videos for my mastermind i opened multiple accounts under the same name and they saw that as a as a risk um but if you you know if you go online you'll find that it happens quite frequently and it it's um I, uh, let me rephrase that. Quite frequently is the wrong word. But it's it, sort of the nature of cryptocurrency. You know, when they say risk is the uh, profit is the reward for risk, there's all, there's this idea, too, that, you know, if this stuff was easy and mainstream, then the profit potential wouldn't be there. So putting up with some of these vagaries, like the fact that one of these exchanges could Decide that they didn't want to do business with you anymore, which happens. You don't want to be shut out when that happens. The time to have those accounts open is, uh, you know, is not when you're wanting to sell and you can't. The other thing is. Right. We know that when the market is going up, the last time that happened, you couldn't open an account for six or eight months in some cases. Sorry, six or eight weeks, not months. And so, again, it's just a case of, you know, hope hope for the best, plan for the worst.
1: And then how about wallets? Do you recommend people have wallets to keep their bitcoins?
2: I do. You never want to keep your um, your cryptocurrency on an exchange, you always want to move that off into a hardware wallet. I do not advocate mobile wallets, except for very, very small, just like, like what you would carry in your purse or your wallet. Otherwise, you want to put that in a hardware wallet. There's one of any three will work: um, the the Ledger Nano, the Trezor, or uh, Keep Key. All three of those are good and reputable and secure.
1: Are these relatively easy to learn how to do this today or is it still kind of complicated?
2: You know, it is still a little bit complicated. Um, And that is, uh, again, where I think the profit opportunity comes from. If it was easy, then, you know, then everybody would be doing it and that profit opportunity wouldn't be there. Um, It's a little bit like the wall of worry. (laughs) Instead of climbing a wall of worry, we also in crypto assets have this learning curve that um, you know that keeps people on their toes, and um, but therein lies part of the opportunity for profit. I would say the same thing. Jordan applies to the volatility. Uh, you know, volatility isn't really risk. In 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 the truest terms, but the volatility and the fact that it creates behavioral risk, it it creates fear and greed in people. And people say, "Oh, I don't want to get in that. It's too volatile. It's too risky." Again, that's the opportunity for those people who are willing to learn and and uh, figure out how to manage this, including managing the, their own fear and greed, uh, and you know, be the early mover, making making the money.
1: So the other way to play cryptos at the moment, there is one exchange-traded fund, GBTC, out there. Now, there have been several proposals for the SEC to have others, they're not approved yet, but is that gonna make it more mainstream if ETFs, and is that a good way to play it today with GBTC?
2: Well, so there's actually three ways that you can do it now. One, um, there is, one way is, um, you know, you can just buy it directly, of course, um, and if you're going to do that in an IRA, then we'd be doing that in a self-directed IRA. We can talk more about that. But um, there is both GBTC, which is the Grayscale Unit Investment Trust, but there is also, as of recently, a new ETN, which stands for Exchange Traded Note, um, and it has a ticker symbol of X. No, CXBTF, CXBTF. And what is interesting about this new uh, arrival is that it's getting us closer to that ETF. It trades on the Swedish exchange, hence the F at the end of its ticker symbol. It's been around for a couple of years, but it has always only been priced in Krona or Euro, I believe, um, and it is only recently that it has been priced in US dollars and is available here in the US, like within just literally the last w- couple weeks. The um, thing that I really like about the, the ETN, as opposed to the GBTC, is GBTC uh, trades at, on average, a 42% premium to Bitcoin, meaning that a dollar, um, I could buy 42% more Bitcoin um, directly than with a dollar than if I was buying it with GBTC and GBTC because of that premium which fluctuates up and down it's not always 42% there are times when it doesn't track properly w- with the price of bitcoin you can have times when bitcoin is going up and gbtc is going down for example and it's because that premium it's almost like the it's almost like time premium on an option it exp- it's expanding and contracting with supply and demand having nothing to do with the price of the underlying asset so that's bad <laughs> Uh, Where's the
1: but ETN? It's, ETN, you say, tracks Bitcoin more, more carefully without that the, big premium.
2: That's right. It's 0.005 Bitcoin for every share of this ETN. Now, the one drawback, if you will, at the moment on that is that it's just not widely available yet. So far, I believe Fidelity has announced that they offer it. And there's a rumor that E-Trade offers it. But I I haven't uh, confirmed that myself. But so far, those are the only two. As those become more widely available, I see that as being a GBTC killer. Um, I don't know why anyone would invest in GBTC if you could invest in the ETN. And then to your original point, when the ETFs are finally approved, which is just a matter of when, not if, then, um, then clearly GBTC will become less of an option and, and clearly this will become more and more mainstream.
1: So why do you think they're going to get approved? Because the SEC has been very resistant to approve these things. They're worried it's too volatile, that people are going to lose a lot of money in these things.
2: They they do. However, the the recent commentary by the SEC one there's um one commissioner in particular that um has come out and said that they should not have disallowed the last uh etn from or etf from the Winklevoss that you know, um and two, they. While they initially rejected all of the last nine applications, they came back after the fact, and the commissioner said, "Actually, we we're going to review all of those." So, um, what it, I think many of the concerns that they have are being cleaned up by the market, and it's not necessarily, I think, the volatility that concerns them as much as the regulatory aspects, things like. Uh, you know, insider trading and price manipulation and things like that. Um, as those things are being addressed and they are, then you are starting to see the uh, SEC make noises that, you know, sound like they may approve pretty soon.
1: Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Kim Snyder. Uh, her website is called Sane Crypto. You can find out more at sanecrypto.com forward slash money answers to see all the different things that she's offering. We'll be back after this.
6: attention heroes. Current and former firefighters, law enforcement, military, medical, or educational professionals. Heroes can receive rewards averaging over $2,500 when they buy, sell, or refinance a home. Heroes come first. Along with the Homes for Heroes is the nation's largest hero reward program. Their mission is to provide extraordinary savings to heroes who provide extraordinary services to our nation and its communities every day. Learn how You can purchase a home for no down payment, no closing costs, and get money back at closing. Find out how you can own for less than you may pay for rent. Get your hero rewards at heroescomefirst.com. That's heroes, H-E-R-O-E-S, comefirst.com, 888-437-6114. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners.
3: Voice America Business Network.
0: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
1: Welcome back to The Money Answers Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Kim Snyder. Uh, Her firm is called Sane Crypto. You can find out more at sanecrypto.com forward slash money answers. Welcome back to the show, Kim. Thanks, Jordan. So one of the things we talked about before is what you call asymmetrical risk, which is what's called Pascal's wager. Just explain what that is and how that relates to Bitcoin. Sure,
2: it's it's actually the more interesting side of it is the asymmetrical upside reward potential. So not you know not to bore everybody, but um, Blaise Pascal, who was a 16th century mathematician and philosopher, came up with this thing called, which is now known as uh, Pascal's Wager. And what what he said was, now your religion and things aside, he said, um, you know that people bet with their lives whether God exists or not. And he says that belief, and by the way, this was like the first, the reason it's so notable is because like this was the first examples of game theory and decision theory. And he says belief is a wise wager granted that faith can't be proved What harm will come to you if you gamble on its truth and it proves false? If you gain, you gain all, meaning, in this case, uh, you know, an eternity in heaven. um, But if you lose, you lose nothing, meaning, eh, you know, you've given up a few pleasures, but what the heck, right? So he says, wager then without hesitation that he exists. Now, again, the religious part (laughs) aside, what he's saying is he's talking about, this is an example of... A a, a specific type of asymmetric bet with an almost unlimited upside and almost no downside and um, in many ways Bitcoin is a modern-day version of probably the closest thing we will ever see in our lifetimes to Pascal's wager and that is because you have this asymmetric upside potential and as long as you don't get greedy and position yourself improperly, then with almost no downside risk. And if, if I can, I'll just give you some numbers to kind of illustrate okay. this case. So let's just imagine that we have, you know, Jill has a portfolio of $500,000. And so by my numbers, that means the most that she would um, invest in Bitcoin is well, actually, let me—it's—it's it's ten thousand dollars. But let me back up for a second. So, of that five hundred thousand dollar portfolio, if we take sort of the standard four percent withdrawal rate in retirement, that means her portfolio has an income potential of twenty thousand dollars. Which is, you know, as I mentioned in the first segment, that's the way—that's what I'm worried about. You know, that's what I'm thinking about—is what sort of cash flow can a can a portfolio generate? So. 20,000 off of a $500,000 portfolio. If I invest 2%, $10,000, and let's take worst 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 case, I lose everything, right? All $10,000. Yep. That means the the income potential of that portfolio has gone from 20,000 to 19,600, okay? Yep. Which is it's not great, but it's, you know, it's not catastrophic. But on the other hand, forget the crazy numbers that people talk about if that portfolio just got the returns of last year, no guarantees that it will, right? But last year, Bitcoin returned 1,044%. That $10,000 investment would have been, been $124,478 that makes the income potential of that portfolio 24,000 25,000 24,979. That that is meaningful. That is a 25% raise for life. And that's what I mean by Pascal's wager where if done right you have this re, you know this really asymmetric upside with very little downside. Because I think we can all agree That, you know, Bitcoin going to a million, that's like the financial equivalent of heaven, no guarantee. You know, I don't think it's going to happen, but it could, right? Um, Or, you know, living under a bridge eating cat food is the financial equivalent of hell. And so that's why I call it. That's why I believe that, you know, traditional investment theory can't tell you whether to invest in Bitcoin. You have to think of it in terms of game theory like Pascal's wager.
1: Although a lot of people in the last year would say there is downside. They've experienced roughly 70% downside had they gotten in December, January of this year. So it's not as though it's, there's no downside to, to Bitcoin.
2: Of course. Although, you know, as Charlie Munger, you know, Warren Buffett's partner says, he, you know, he says risk to us is one, the, permanent, the risk of permanent loss of capital or two, the risk of inadequate return, you know, which is, again, to my point, volatility is not a bad thing um in fact you know i eat volatility for lunch that's how i've always made my money it's only a bad thing if it freaks you out to the extent that it causes you to sell at bottoms you know and buy at tops if someone knows how to manage that volatility right the fact that it's down 70% really is neither here nor here nor there that being said, of course, we, you know, the way that I approach this, that's why I call it sane, is the idea that we are accepting that we could lose it all. That's part, you know, that's part of the assumption, hence why we're only investing 2%. Um, but it's for this possibility of the, you know, these crazy numbers on the upside. Because, you know, again, if, you know, it, it, it sounds, it does sound crazy, and I, I laugh even as I say it, but, you know, if you were to just take, um, you know, store of value from, from retail and institutional investors, um, you know, of $8 trillion and divide that by, which is, by the way, nothing compared to, you know, the, the, uh, f- you know, $73 trillion of the global stock market. So we're not talking about much here. That's 8 a trillion is, price is- of... $380,000. $380,
1: right, the 8 trillion you're referring to is gold, right?
2: Yeah, is gold, yeah. correct.
1: Right, so if it so got to the level of gold, you're saying, yes.
2: Right, so that's what, you know, the, you just, it's, it's an upside that again, while I, in my rational brain, I don't think is going to happen, I ha, like Pascal, I have to believe that it will.
1: So you've been talking mostly about Bitcoin. What, what... Do you have a diversified portfolio of Bitcoin and the so-called alternate coins like Ethereum and Bitcoin Cash and Ripple and all these others? How do you recommend allocating within cryptocurrencies between Bitcoin and the alts?
2: Mm, I do not. Um, I do not believe in – I'm a no-alt-coiner. And um, so when I talk about a diversified portfolio, what I'm talking about – is to have Bitcoin within a diversified portfolio of other asset classes, meaning non-crypto asset classes. Um, But within the crypto space, um, I I think there are three really big problems with altcoins. Um, The first one is the regulatory issues. We, you know, I think these are pretty self-explanatory. There is still a lot of regulatory. I mean, the SEC has clearly said Bitcoin isn't a security, was never a security. So there's none there. Um, Ethereum, it has recently said isn't one now, but likely was one when issued. And then all the rest of these could very well you know, I mean, most likely were were securities, uh unregistered securities when sold. So there's there's I have big question marks about whether and what they will do on a retroactive um basis there. Um I think the second problem with altcoins is what I call the wrong wave. And what I mean by that, it's a reference to Steve Case's book, The Third Wave. If Steve Case is was the founder of AOL. Yeah. And he talks about You know, if you look back, the um, Internet provided this really... Great roadmap for the way this is likely, well, technology, but this technology, again, is likely to roll out. In the first wave, that was when they created all of the infrastructure around the Internet. So it was companies like Cisco and 3Com and uh, Level 3 who were lay, lay, laying the fiber. And if you remember that we had um the the companies that were... Uh, like Pets.com and Globe.com, which were, you know, the Facebooks and the Chewies uh, of today, which failed, and they failed because they were in the wrong wave. They, those are second wave companies, and a lot of these projects, you know, I look at, and I think even if they. They may be legitimate projects, but they're in the wrong wave. We're still trying to lay the fiber, as it were, <laughs> and create the protocol. And there are pe- people talking about creating a decentralized Uber. It's just, it's wrong wave. So so that's the second problem. And then the third problem I have with altcoins is what's known as the velocity problem. Now, again, this gets a little bit wonky, um, but Chris... Bernisky has done a lot of work on the valuation of of crypto assets there's a again you know the, the rules of of investing don't get suspended just because this is a new crypto asset class so the the formula for determining fair value of crypto assets is what's known as the exchange formula. It's about money supply. Um, The formula is M equals PQ divided by V with V being the velocity of money. And so what most people are just kind of ignoring is that most of these altcoin projects as designed, um, if they are successful, the more successful they become, the higher the velocity becomes and um, because that's the, the divisor, that should drive the price of these things, in theory, right, down to, to zero or one, <laughs> which is Even great. if they're successful, for, yeah. Yeah, if they're successful, right? So that's, that, you know, yeah, so, so it makes no sense to bet on those things because the very thing that would um, make them successful as projects makes them terrible investments because of the velocity
1: problem. Why is that not true on Bitcoin?
2: Because Bitcoin is a store of value, not store, uh, not being used as um, it, it, there's no velocity to it. Uh, no, it, no
1: transactions. You're saying.
2: Cor- yeah, correct. It's and when it's store of value. Think about gold. The velocity of gold is is very small.
1: It's not being traded that much. It, it, it's basically being held there as a store of value. You're saying. That's yes. right. That's okay, we're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Kim Snyder. Uh, she has a newsletter and podcast called Sane Crypto. You can find out more at sanecrypto.com forward slash money answers. We'll be back after this.
3: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
7: Looking for an investment option? Consider Secured Real Estate Income Strategies. Secured Real Estate Income Strategies is a real estate backed option offering investments with a monthly income objective. The goal of the strategy is to lend money to real estate developers. SREIS offers an 8% preferred return per annum, plus a share in any profits. While there is risk, including loss of capital, and you should carefully read the offering circular for full details, Secured Real Estate Income Strategy screens each real estate loan carefully. Call 888-444-2102 or visit securedrealestatefunds.com to learn more. 888-444-2102. Jordan Goodman is an advisor to and part owner in Secured Real Estate Income Strategies. This does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities. Securities offered through North Capital Private Securities, member FINRA, SIPC.
8: Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing?
4: get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on twitter find us at VoiceAmericaTRN trn or twitter.com forward slash voice america TRN.
0: you've been listening to the money answer show with jordan goodman if you have a question for jordan or his guest please call us now at 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 now back to jordan
1: Welcome back to the Money Answers Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Kim Snyder. Uh, Her publication is called Sane Crypto. Uh, Website, sanecrypto.com forward slash money answers. Welcome back to the show, Kim. Thanks, Jordan. So we said you don't believe in altcoins, but the big new thing coming all the time are so-called ICOs or initial coin offerings where there's new coins coming all the time. What do you think about the whole craze towards ICOs?
2: (laughs) Stay far, far, far away. <laughs> that's that's my summation. No, look. So here's the problem with ICOs. They're they are basically backward fundraising. They're they are really just glorified, you know, uh, crowdfunding. So you know when. Um, I, I mentioned at the top of the show that I made a windfall in my 20s in, a, in an IPO. And the, the, quickly, the story behind that was I was I worked for a company, and the last project you know I was senior management with the firm. The last project I worked on um, before I left, along with a lot of other people, was taking that company public. Now, to get that company public took years of. Year, many years of, you know, man hours. Um, we had, you know, lawyers crawling through every crook, nook and cranny of the company, auditors, you know, SEC. And not only that, it, you know, we had to have a company that had real profits and real product market fit and all of those things, you know, you could not take, you can't go public basically with a white paper, you know? And so it, the the this idea that um you know that these people are 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 you know they have an idea and and it may be a good idea but um it, they're not proven business models and they're raising n- hundreds of millions, in some cases billions of dollars on the basis of of a white paper? Like you know, what could go wrong with that? <laughs> you know, a lot of, a lot. So yeah, fundamentally I have a problem with with the structure. So, you know, um I think it's borne out by the, the number of them which have already failed, which are far number than than the number of dot coms that were were failing within a year. Um the the possibilities of share of the investors being ripped off are myriad. Most people don't know what they're investing in. They're not regulated. It's just, it's a swamp. And I would say stay far, far, far away.
1: Now, another way to play the whole movement towards cryptocurrencies is investing in blockchain-related companies, some of which are public. What do you think about that as a way to play the whole cryptocurrency chain, blockchain-related companies?
2: Yeah, so my I think my answer to this is maybe a little bit different than the way most people um, would approach it. So t- for me, I think about my money as being uh, in buckets, right? And that these different buckets or asset allocations, if you want to think about them, have, have different jobs and... You know, I have a very big bucket, who, which is, you know, my primary allocation to to the stock market, whose job is to fund my retirement, right? Take advantage of stock market returns, and then I have this very little bucket, which is my crypto asset, um, and its job is to produce this potentially outsized return, right? So when people say Um, And and, oh, by the way, I'm also, I'm an indexer, meaning I don't believe that um, in the stock market, active management, trying to time the market or trying to pick the stocks which are going to outperform is the uh, right answer because it has been shown year after year after year that you know, ma- actively manage mutual funds, active managers underperform the indexes. So th- I believe that the right way to invest in the stock market and the way I invest my money uh, outside of the Snyder method is to just own the indexes. So if that's my belief, then trying to pick which stocks are going to outperform on the basis of their exposure to blockchain doesn't make sense to, you know, for me. Those things are just going to, if they're successful, they will naturally just, I'll hold them as part of my overall stock portfolio, um, the index portfolio, but not as individual stocks.
1: Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, So I know you don't have a crystal ball, but what does your gut tell you that Bitcoin is going to be worth like five years from now? Kind of in the long term, you know, I know you think it could go to zero, but what? in your gut, do you think it could go up to?
2: Yeah. When, when I I tell people, you know, I mean, put a, a gun to my head, and I'm obviously bullish or else I wouldn't be doing this if I really thought it was going to go to zero. I, I don't. I just know that it could. Uh, you know, to me, I five years, maybe five years is a little quick, but in the maybe 10-year time horizon, I really do think this could be, Three hundred eighty, four hundred, five hundred thousand type territory. Wow! I mean, I mean, if you it, look, if you just do the math, you know what I always tell people is, I know it's it's hard to imagine, but it isn't. If you think, imagine someone had given you the opportunity in the early nineteen nineties to invest in the internet, not not. Cisco or Three Com or you know, but in HTTP or you know or um, uh, FTP, you know, and knowing what you know now, right? And and imagine that 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 was a a security that you could buy and sell on an exchange, and whose value rose directly in proportion to the success of the internet itself, right? The, the network value, the transactions which were occurring on, the, on that network, if you look at that today, right, like would you take that bet? Would that, had that bet available? Of course. And what would that be worth today? I mean, we didn't have such an investment back then, but it would be, you know, I, I, it's hard to put a value on that, but it's a huge number. It's like saying, what if you could have bought, um, what if you could have bought into electricity, and, you know, again, not the not a, not an electric company, but like literally they allowed you to buy shares in electricity. That's kind of, that's really what you're getting um, the opportunity to do for the very first time when we're talking about um, Bitcoin. And, and so and some of these others as well, but I'm just not as comfortable at this point. Making an investment in those, right? Is that so? Yeah, so, that, that, that certainly gives you a even,
1: sense of the upside. Yes.
2: Yeah, it sounds crazy until you think of it in those terms, and then you think, well, uh, yeah, that's not that crazy then.
1: So, do you think Bitcoin will become a hedge against calamity the way gold has been traditionally?
2: I do. Not only that, I just wrote a, um, a post about this on my blog. Uh, I, um, not only do I think it will, I think it. You can already see that it is. Um, you can see it in Venezuela, in Zimbabwe, in Turkey, and a lot of these places. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it, it's going to and function very much like gold in that respect.
1: So in about two minutes we have left, just kind of sum up what difference it could make in people's lives to take your advice at Sane Crypto and have some exposure to this uh, new, new vehicle here.
2: Well, I I think, uh, yeah, I think a couple of things. One, um, if you're like me, you know, I had just sort of put my head in the sand and, and thought I knew what I knew. And this, you know, when cryptocurrency came along, it was this... It it really made me young again in terms of investing, meaning that it forced me to take part in what is arguably going to be our future. So I think, you know, aside from the investment uh, thesis, which is not insignificant, right, there's just this idea of taking part in, you know, something that's really exciting and, uh, and on which our economy is le- probably going to be built.
1: Terrific. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Kim Snyder. Uh, she runs Sane Crypto, and you can find out more at her website, sanecrypto.com forward slash money answers. You've been a great guest on The Money Answer Show. Thanks so much, Kim. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks, and we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show.
0: Goodbye for now.